You're listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard. Thank you for joining us for another segment. We're going to be speaking with Dr. Doreen Defarye-Yay. She's joining us here from Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston, and she's going to talk about her recent presentation at the 2021 American College of Cardiology's annual scientific meeting. Welcome to the program, Dr. Defarye-Yay. Thank you. Hi there. Thank you so much for inviting me today. It's a pleasure. I know that you wear a few hats there at Massachusetts General. Give us a bit of your professional background and um, talk briefly about your role there at Mass General. Sure. So I'm a cardiologist at Mass General Hospital. My primary clinical focus is in adults with congenital heart disease, so people born with heart problems, as well as helping manage women who are pregnant with cardiac disease. So I help co-direct the cardiovascular disease and pregnancy program here at Mass General. I also serve as the program director for the General Cardiovascular Fellowship Training Program here, which is a fantastic um, opportunity to be involved involved, um, in the lives of of young people and emerging leaders in our field. It's really a a privilege to be in that role. Was cardiology your first love in medicine when you uh, started out? Yeah, interestingly, I I initially was... uh, um, assuming I would be a primary care doctor and very interested in primary care medicine. And when I came into residency at the Massachusetts General Hospital, I was an internal medicine resident here. Um, I really fell in love with cardiology um, at that time. And so um, interests sometimes change along the road, but certainly it's been a, a, a wonderful path for me. Have you contributed before with this annual scientific meeting? Oh, gosh, I've been going to the ACC since I was a senior resident. Mm-hmm. So. Um, <laughs> Many years, Many years. Um, and the role has evolved over time and sort of going and listening and learning. And then as I became a junior faculty member presenting, usually in congenital heart disease or on pregnancy and cardiovascular disease, and more recently um, on topics around training and education and diversifying our workforce. Uh, what was the title of your recent uh, presentation at the uh, meeting? So it was part of a terrific session um, around um strategies to diversify training um, and diversify our workforce. And the topic of my talk was strategies for recruiting and supporting cardiology fellows in training from diverse backgrounds. We're hearing so much about disparities in healthcare. Um, Now we're talking about disparities in training in cardiology as well. Yes, absolutely. When you look at the cardiology workforce, this is just nationally in the United States, um, our workforce has not reflected our the U.S. population, and there was an important paper that was published in 2017 in JAK by Drs. Douglas, um, Williams, Dr. Walsh, um, looking at the breakdown of cardiologists based on race mm-hmm. and based on gender. And with, you know, 51% of the U.S. population being women, only 13% of cardiologists were women. And with about um, 28 or so percent of the U.S. population being African-American or Hispanic, we saw only 7 percent of the cardiology uh, workforce um, as African-American or Hispanic. And certainly this disparity, one, it was striking, but it really underscored the importance of um, how we think about um, recruiting and training cardiologists in our workforce and what can we do better such that our workforce looks more like our population. There's been some recent um, literature looking at, you know, patients who are cared for by physicians who are 
more like them may have better outcomes and better results. And um, certainly, I think that's an important goal in ensuring that our workforce um, looks more like our patient population is, in fact, translating that into improved outcomes in cardiovascular disease. In the past, apparently, it, it has been wrong to say that uh, people prefer uh, to be treated by those that look like them. Is the mm-hmm. fact, is that going away, that uh, that stigma of just admitting that, uh, I guess, uh, reality? It's a good question, and I think it gets into sort of some complex psychology about mm-hmm human beings and, you know, who you feel comfortable accepting advice from or trusting in your health care and, and trusting in some important decisions about your life and uh, your health. And one thing that is known is that there have been studies looking at um, differences in cardiovascular outcomes, differences in how um, physicians um, may make decisions around cardiovascular testing that unconsciously may favor a certain group over another. And the concept around our own unconscious biases and how we make decisions and all the factors that we take into making those decisions about, for example, who needs a cardiac catheterization when they have chest pain. There may be some components of that decision that are, of course, there's the pieces that are fully based on the medical um, uh, data that we have in front of us, but there could be some pieces of that decision making that that may tap on some of our unconscious biases and recognizing that we all have those biases and actively working to mitigate them is an important way that we will move towards more equitable decision making about testing about procedures um, and and um, hopefully that will translate into to better outcomes interestingly there's also been some work looking at patients response to advice mm-hmm. from providers. Maybe they may be more likely to take a cholesterol-lowering medication or take a blood sugar-lowering medication from somebody that they feel they can trust or they have more of an affinity to somebody um, more like them. And so, you know, that, that really is something we just have to recognize is a truth about being human beings, um, that it's not all necessarily black and white, that somebody should get a medicine and then they'll definitely take it, but that there's a lot of choices that our patients make and, you know, in their medical care and how can some of those choices be impacted by the, the, the relationship they have with and the trust that they have in their providers. You mentioned complex psychology has your research looked into or do you plan research into identifying some of these biases before or during the training process, the selection, uh, the decision-making process, such as in, mm-hmm. jury, in jury selection, uh, when there are so many very personal uh, questions asked of so many people to be selected on a particular jury for a particular case? Um, speak mm-hmm. to that briefly, if you would. Oh, that's such a terrific question. And when you think about how do, you know, we ultimately define who our workforce is, it really boils down to how do we select people into cardiology training programs. And selection committees at that level are extraordinarily powerful. Um, And this is why this is such an important issue for program directors all across our country. We have to think carefully and examine the practices 
um, that we employ in selecting cardiologists and think carefully about what are the biases of the people on our selection committees who are part of the process of selecting um, people to become cardiologists in cardiology training programs. I'll tell you, in our program, we have required for several years now that um, members of our selection committee participate in implicit bias training, where they really have to, they review some modules that are available through the AAMC website, um, and they really think carefully about what some biases they may have be, may, may have. You know, for example, here's, you know, we, we have some people on our committee who are basic scientists. We have some people on our committee who are are clinician scientists. We have some people in our committee who are clinicians and take care of patients every day. And we all bring our own biases in that arena as well to the table. So the other piece is not only training people about what their biases are, but ensuring that your selection committee is as diverse as possible, meaning that you're identifying people who represent um, all different areas and aspects within cardiology, different types of research within cardiology, different types of professional pathways, people who come from different backgrounds, that you have a good balance of men and women on the committee, that you have a balance of um, people who represent different backgrounds or different races or ethnicities, such that we can try as best to neutralize all the biases that we all have by really making the selection committee as diverse um, and, and, and robust as possible. So I think there are many ways to really think about and tackle, um, as you mentioned, like selecting the jury process, you know, the process in which we select people on admissions committees, ensuring that they are trained, that this is a topic that you talk about openly um, among all the members of the committee, that it's recognized certain strategies to mitigate unconscious bias, and we can certainly talk about that, and that the committee itself is as diverse as, as you can possibly pull together. Well, Doctor, I appreciate you so much uh, joining us here on Health Professional Radio. In closing, give us a website where we can learn more about Massachusetts General and about ACC 21 as well. Sure. So listeners can learn more at our website, www.massgeneral.org. Great, great. Well, once again, I appreciate you joining us here on the program, and I'm hoping that we'll speak again. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard, in conversation with Dr. Doreen defaria Ye. She's joining us here from Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston and discussing her recent presentation at ACC 2021. Audio copies of this program are available at hpr.fm and healthprofessionalradio.com.au. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, listen in, download at SoundCloud, and be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com, Health Professional Radio. 